Well, good morning. Hope and pray you all are doing well today. Did you have a good week? Yes. Well, that's good. You know, it's, it's crazy to think that this is the last month of 2023. It has been a crazy year. A year to remember, like all of them, right? Now, throughout all the years, we can see that there have been good and bad of each year. There have been wars and rumors of war, but thankfully there are many blessings. And we can be thankful that the Lord above is about the redemption of humanity. That he has a saving love and a saving interest in all of mankind. And we clearly see it in John 3.16. Jesus states this. He states that the love of God is for all. It is in fact the reason he came. He states this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God loved the world. So God, being rich in mercy, sent his son to save the ungodly. That's all of us. We're all in that boat. All of humanity. It is an invitation. It is to the whosoever an offer. A gift that can be accepted or rejected. God's heart is seen throughout the scripture that he wants to bring humanity back into right relationship with himself. Paul states this, God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is God, God's willful desire. God's joy is about redeeming the sinner. He wants the ungodly to turn from their ways Take, talking, taking time to talk about the second coming of Christ, Peter says this to those that are mocking believers that it hasn't already happened. He states this, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. You can almost see the finger point towards the mockers. And then he states this, Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The Lord waits. The Lord gives time. And by his kindness, he draws us to repentance. The Lord wants broken sinners to find home in him and to see that nothing else will truly satisfy and fulfill them. Only he can. As we start our study in Psalm 107 today, we see that the Lord is the Redeemer. Now let's open in a word of prayer before we turn in the Word. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for today, full of grace and mercy, that your mercies are new every morning, that we can wake up with breath in our lungs, we can wake up in a warm home, and we can know that you love us, and that through Christ, we can be redeemed. 
we can be made new and become your workmanship. Lord, be with us today and help us not be distracted by all the worries of the week to come and all the gifts needing to be purchased and all the things that need to happen. But that we would just fix upon you in this time and that we would aim to please you throughout our lives, that you would encourage us and equip us and pierce us through by your word, that we would serve you throughout our days. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, please turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm, Psalm 107. And as we turn in there, it was interesting, like the last two Psalms that we had gone through were very, you know, personal, uh, different parts uh, my, of my walk with the Lord personally, uh, you know, whether a part of that Psalm or even the whole of it or even a verse had really stood out to me during parts of my life lately. And uh, that Psalm 107 was kind of different because it kind of got added to the list. But then I was like talking with Hannah the other day and I was like, why is this here? Like, I don't remember. Like, there wasn't a specific verse that stood out to me. But as I started my study and, and went through it, I, I really realized that this is an amazing passage, an amazing text to go through in Christmas time because it's all about what the Lord is about doing at this time as we celebrate the incarnation of Christ. So let's read the whole passage first to get the context of it. Uh, we'll be in verses 1 through 16. The psalmist writes this, O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who He has redeemed from troubles, trouble and gathered from the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Some wandered into desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Almighty. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. The big picture that we see here is that God is a God of redemption. And we should praise him as such. 
the psalmist tells of the Lord's love that the Lord hears someone's cry and answers and that the Lord's wondrous works are to the children of men and that those that stand against him and rebel against his words sit in darkness but he brings those hard times so they may turn to him for he alone overwhelms that which has overcome us all sin and death the psalmist starts out with verses 1 through 3 oh give thanks to the lord for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever let the redeemed say so whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south the first thing that we get to here in the psalm is that God is good. Jesus agrees, stating this in Mark, No one is good except God alone. He has not been touched or affected by sin. His intentions are pure, for He is good. And we can see it by His steadfast love that endures forever. For he is a God who keeps his word and he is faithful through it all. And that, uh, that is why we are here as the redeemed. We are, we are here set on a hill to speak of the steadfast love of God. We are set on a path to be a workmanship, to tell of the love of God. For there is trouble here, there is sin and evil here. But the Lord has brought us out of it. The psalmist states that the Lord has gathered from the lands. This can point to two things right here. First is the regathering of Israel, that the Jewish nation will be regathered and blessed by the Lord. We can see that through the Old Testament from Deuteronomy, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and many other books. That in the future, the Jews will be gathered back to the nation. And this will be the Lord's doing. It's a great fulfillment that we look forward to and we also see that the Lord through Christ Jesus has crushed sin and death at the cross and now is gathering a bride among the nations so the psalmist keeps on going on in verses 4 and 9 he states this some wandered in the desert wastes finding no way to a city to dwell in hungry and thirsty their soul fainted within them then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for his steadfast or sorry, for he satisfies the longing of the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Deuteronomy Deuteronomy tells us this he found him in a desert land in a howling waste of wilderness he encircled him he cared for him he kept him as the apple of his eye now Bible trivia moment who do you think that's talking about Abraham Abraham oh, pretty close any other guesses it's speaking of Jacob and speaking of his heritage 
that the Lord's people, the Lord encircles them. He holds them as the apple of His eye. This is why we support Israel. This is why we pray for the Jewish nation, because they are still the apple of His eye. The truth is, is that Israel has not been replaced by the church. They are different and that one is a people of God, a nation, and the other is the body, the bride of Christ, being both Jew and Gentile. The Jewish nation and the Jewish people will see a fulfillment of the kingdom of God in the future. That's why the millennial reign of Christ is so paramount that it happens upon this earth, that it will be fulfillment of all those promises we see not fulfilled yet in the Old Testament. And then we as the church will see the fulfillment of our salvation and dwelling with God forevermore. See, both are actually redeemed by faith in the God of Jacob. When we were hungry and thirsty, when we are lost, it's good to know that we have someone to cry out to, someone to come find us, someone to call. And we can know that the Lord delivers us from our distress. Please turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. And Paul is speaking of his thorn in the flesh. He states this, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with my weaknesses, insult, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul knew that God had heard his cry. And the Lord answered Paul. And Paul understood this is the amazing part, right? Paul understood before and afterwards why he was harassed. That he wouldn't become proud. That instead he would boast all the more gladly in his weaknesses. Yeah, as a culture, do we understand that? In an age where everything must be right and programs need to run smoothly and everyone's going to have a Merry Christmas or else, do we get that? Do we think that deliverance only means from our sin and not from our way of thinking as well? What is the straight way of the Lord as spoken of in this psalm? Is it not leaning upon His understanding and being renewed in our minds so that we can be content in our own weaknesses? Not that we would seek them out, but that we would be real with God in them that we would be humble before him God the good God of all comes to rescue us 
that comes into the world of pain and evil to redeem us and to dwell within us and to deal with our souls that are full of pain and hurt. In all of this, we give thanks to the Lord for His wondrous works among the children of man. For He wrestles with the sinner's heart. He knows us all through and through. He knows every thought, every word, every deed, and yet He loves us and He brings us this sanctification for the longing soul that we can be planted and rooted down in a different kind of life. And we'll see that as we continue our study in Psalm 107. And He brings us food for the for a hungry soul. In the book of Revelation, it states this, The Spirit of the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. Another difference between the church and Israel is that Israel is the keeper of the word. They held the oracles of God and we are the disseminators of His Word. We are meant to spread the good news, to go out and tell of the love of God. So in this age, the Spirit and the Bride, the Church, speak out and cry out to the world, Come, for Jesus has paid it all. Trust in Him. We are to reflect the heart of God, the heart of the God of redemption. The psalmist continues in verses 10 through 13, stating this Some sat in darkness in the sha- and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor, and they fell down with none to help. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. You know, the interesting thing about a lot of movies lately have been that there's this huge, gigantic problem. There's this catastrophe, this situation, or just a problem that needs to be done. And a lot of movies are very humanistic in the fact that we need to gather, we need to group up, we need to come o- overcome this. Well, the Bible is very clear that this is a problem that we cannot, by ourselves, overcome. We need another. We need to trust another. And that person is Jesus. See, this psalm peers into what the Jewish nation knew well, what the Jewish people faced as the darkness and the shadow of death came upon them as they stood against the word of the Lord. But it also shows us that the world, the Gentiles, are in darkness without the Lord as well. That those that suppress the truth of God will face the darkness of their errors. Paul states it well in the book of Romans. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. The truth of God is clear to the whole world, Yet the human problem is the willing suppressing of that truth, like holding down a beach ball in a pool. It's taking energy. It's, it's willful suppression. And they run from it. Isaiah states it like this, All we like sheep have gone astray. 
we have turned everyone to his own way. This is the mad rush of humanity to go our own way, to seek what is good for food, that we would be satisfied by something or someone else, something that is a delight to the eyes, that which is beautiful in our own eyes, no matter the truth of reality. Can't think of a better phrase that describes our current culture right now. And then something that is desired to make one wise, that which brings us special revelation, special knowledge, a hidden truth that brings us peace from the struggle of it all. This can all be seen in Genesis 3.6 as Eve looks upon the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is humanity's original problem that we think that something or someone else can maybe fulfill us, satisfy us, bring us salvation or insight other than God. But thanks be to God, right? But God did not leave us in that state. He finishes the sentence in Isaiah, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord is about bringing salvation, His salvation, through the nation of Israel to all the nations. After the birth of John the Baptist, his father Zechariah spoke this. Please turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, uh, verses 78 and 79. Zechariah says this, Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sun shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadows of death, in the shadow of death, to guide our feet to the way of peace. God has brought salvation to those in darkness. Just like the sunrise gives us light, so God's mercy guides us to the way of peace, through the Prince of Peace, who is the way, the truth, and the life, Christ Jesus our Lord. Everything here in this world is telling us there's a problem. Evil is telling us there is a problem. Our own personal brokenness is telling us there is a problem. You can listen to any kind of music out there and it tells you that sin is something we all deal with. Hurt is something we all deal with. And it is because we are disconnected from the main source of life and light. And we are living in darkness. And we wonder why do we hurt? Why is this world broken? Why am I broken? Why did my dog, my tractor, and my girlfriend run away? Right? All these questions are hard questions, but the truth is they point us to the fact that we are not connected with our Maker, and therefore we will only face death. But if we turn to Him, just like if you plug in a lamp into an outlet, we will light up and we will shine for the glory of God, proclaiming His handiwork 
and giving glory to the Father. If we are in Him, even though we die, we will live. Verses 12 through 13, or sorry, 12 and 13 of Psalm 107 state this. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. There is no help other than God's help. Brokenness shows us that. Lifelessness does not make life. Only the source of life can make life. And in our darkness, if we cry out to the Lord, He will deliver us. And please turn once more in your Bibles with me to Acts 16. I thought this was a fitting passage as we're talking about what does the redemption of the Lord do, but in Acts 16, verses 25 through 33, Luke records this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors were opened, he drew a sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. Trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said to him, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And they took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all of his family. This is an awesome passage in Scripture. This, this man, this jailer, was just doing his job. Just making money, keeping his family warm and fed. But along come Paul and Silas, these rebel rousers that either had a revival or a riot in their towns that they kept coming to. Usually both <laughs> happened. They're put into his jail, and that night he thought he was going to die by his own hand. Because in that society, you don't have the dishonor of letting prisoners escape. You die if that happens. But he is stopped by a voice of hope in the darkness. This voice is offering hope in the darkness. Yes, this world is broken. Yes, life hurts. But God has brought redemption forward to all of humanity that they would receive the gift of God found in Christ Jesus because he does this. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. And then this goes on. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he shatters the door of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. This is the wonder of his salvation. 
and we will see the wonder of his coming kingdom and we will see the fulfillment of all the promises to Israel and we will see the revealing of salvation as we see Jesus as he is as we become like him when we are with him and we will see the Lord who has wrestled with the sinner's heart come to sit upon the throne of David in Zion well, let's close with a word of prayer Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for everything that you have given us, Lord. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for just a, a great time of fellowship, of prayer. Thank you for a good time in, in different studies and just everything, Lord, that you're... We praise you for the good outreaches. We praise you for the snow, for the moisture. And Lord, we just uh, lift up to you um, this next week that we would go throughout our days to aim to please you, Lord, and to be about your glory and about the word of the Lord going forth, offering hope in the darkness. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.